Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's happening, and those of you that have been joining us on a regular basis, I know that you know you're growing on the inside, you're getting stronger. And the way you tell it is in your uh, perception and in your response to things that go on around about you. When you're faithless, everything and anything seems overwhelming and hopeless. But when you have faith, even bigger challenges, you look at it and go, well, no, God can get us through that. He's brought us through other things. And it is just, it's a way of living. The just shall live by faith. It's not just something you do in church during a service. It's the way you see things, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you respond, react, and step out and act. Thank God for a life of victory. Father, all of us agree together as touching these things, asking for direction and anointing and help. And, uh, we want to know your ways, and so we seek your face, and we seek to know you and your ways better and better. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Look please again in our main text, Hebrews 3, we've been talking about overcoming unbelief, and it is a, a really pervasive thing all around you. And all you got to do to be disrespectful, unthankful, unbelieving, uh, defiant, rebellious is just nothing. Just yield to your flesh, go the way the world's going, and you will be unbelieving. You have to go, if you will, upstream <laughs> to be a believer. You have to go against the flow of the world. And uh, to do that, you got to be a strong swimmer. Is that right? And uh, that strength, you don't have to come up on your own, thank God, but you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. But you do have to make the choice that you're not just going with the unbelieving flow. You are going to trust your God. We see in Hebrews 3 where he said in verse 7, the Holy Spirit said, today if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the provocation, in the day of temptation. Verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation. I said, they always are erring in their heart. They're always going the wrong way. We can sure see that, can't we? <laughs> in these events that we've been studying, always going the wrong way. Did they have to? They didn't. Could they have trusted God? But they didn't. It's always a choice. And today, with every one of us, there will be multiple opportunities to respond in fear or faith. 
trusting God or questioning and doubting, obeying God or procrastinating or even disobeying. And all of that is a choice to believe or not believe. And so uh, every day is a new day with different opportunities. And so the just shall live. This is just how you live, how you walk every day, making that right choice that I, I will trust my God. I will stay up. I will stay positive. I will look for victory. I won't give up. I won't quit. And you will never get me to say that God can't do it or he won't do it. Hmm? You'll never get me to say that God's not real, he's not faithful, he's not good, I, he will never leave me, he'll never forsake me. Can you see? That's just a choice. Can you see? That's a choice I'm making. I could choose, and then tomorrow I could get stupid and choose the other way. Right? Well, nobody cares. You know, and um, I've just, I hadn't seen everything I wanted to see, and, and I just don't understand, and I'm just tired of it all. Well, if you want to be defeated and fail and die young and wrong, and you can do it. I don't want to do that. I said, I don't want to do that, and I don't have to do that. So I am choosing to believe God. Amen? And that makes me victorious. He said, take heed, verse 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Go back with me to our uh, 11th event that we're looking at now in Numbers 16, because this is uh, more unbelief. Someone says, well, I'm kind of tired of looking at unbelief. Good. I hope you get so tired of it that you never want to see it again. <laughs> But you also are learning the difference between that and faith. Right? right? Yes. It's part of it. And is it in the Bible? Yes. If it's in the Bible, should you be thinking about it, looking at it? Should you know it? Yeah, well, hold on, because we're not done with unbelief. We'll, there's a point where we'll, we'll move on to something else, but uh, you don't want to leave till we get done. Korah, chapter 16, verse 1. Korah, uh, the son of Ishar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, Dathan, Abiram, on, they, they took men, they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Now watch out for this. Just because a lot of well-known people get involved in something, that does not make it God. It doesn't make it right. Were these the Lord's people? Yes. Yeah. He chose them. Seed of Abraham? Yes. And here are not people that nobody knew. Famous people. Accomplished people. Princes. Individuals of renown. And, and, and they weren't just able to get ten together. Two hundred and fifty. Representing you know, thousands and thousands of people. They're their head. They're their leader. And under the leadership of Korah, who is, everybody knows him, he's Levite. And the, the Kohathites, uh, you know, the, the Levites were in charge of the music. They were talented individuals, skilled players on instruments, amazing accomplished singers, 
They also, uh, they handled all the sacrifices for the Lord. They handled all the setup and teardown of the tabernacle. And they were the only ones that could do this. They were restricted. They couldn't do what the priests did. And one of the things that only the priests could do was offer the incense. The holy incense. And here's what the Lord told Moses. Okay. I will show you who, I'm, who I have chosen. We'll let everybody come out and offer incense. Now if you'd had any sense. <laughs> come on are y'all listening. If you had any sense. You would go, uh-uh, no, I, I'm a Levite. I don't get to go into the Holy of Holies. Huh? I, I'm not a priest. I don't get to offer up the holy incense. That would be intruding into a holy office I'm not called to. That would be presumption. That would be acting like it's not even holy, like anybody can do it. And isn't that what they were saying? The whole congregation is holy? Hmm? Isn't it what they were saying? And see, do you hear things like that today? See, there are uh, churches that imagine, well, we're just all going to lead this together. Well, it doesn't work. Same thing with families. Well, we, uh, I had a, a husband and wife one time come up, and actually the, the wife was the one talking, and the man was standing beside her, behind her, and she said, well, people ask, who wears the pants in the house? She said, uh, neither one of us. We, bear, we both wear short pants. Ha, ha, ha. And he didn't even say anything. Well, she wears the pants. She's the head. And, and so many times when people say, uh, well, no, no, we do it together. No, they don't. Listen to them a little while. Watch, look. Somebody's in charge. And a lot of times, it's not the one it should be. But this thing about, oh, we'll just, we'll just all do it together. We'll just all do it together. That, that sounds good, but that's not how it turns out. Mm-mm. And they, even though that's what they're saying, you'll see that they had designs on taking over. It's Korah and these individuals, they're going to take over. And that's what he had said. Um, He said, do you seek the priesthood also? And other translations bring up in verse 10 that that's, he's saying, that's what you're doing. You're seeking the priesthood. You're, You're going after it. You know, God has always been big on delegation. He chooses. He appoints. And if you don't respect his choice, then you don't respect him. Listen to what the master said in John 13, 20. They'll put it on the, on the, the chalkboard for us. Jesus said, John 13, 20, Verily, verily, I say to you, He that receives whomever I send, Receives me. And he that receives me. Receives him. That sent me. Is this delegation. Now see. We're going to find out. Just in a few verses. And 
I'm not saying we can get to it all today, but you keep coming back with us and we'll see how, you know, how they came out. You know if you've read. But uh, they were just thinking they had a problem with Moses and Aaron. But God took it personally, didn't he? Do you remember Saul in the book of Acts when he was persecuting the church and dragging people out of their houses and he was even holding the garments and, and, and confirming when they stoned Stephen. And when uh, he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and the bright light shined. And you remember what the Lord said to him right off the bat? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, my Christians. He said, why are you doing this to me? And, and, and Saul says, who are you, Lord? I like that last part, Lord. <laughs> Didn't know exactly who he was, but knew he must be Lord. Right? Uh, the Lord takes it personally. What you do, you remember he talks about in time to come, that there are people that will be rewarded because he said, inasmuch as you did it to these, the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Or if you didn't do it to them, you didn't do it to me. This we need to get clarity on. Because see, walking, just being carnal and walking by sight, all you see is flesh and blood. And, and, and you realize that everybody's like you. They don't know everything and they make mistakes. And so people tend to treat everything as common and no respect. And, well, you're no better than I am. It ain't about anybody being better. Did God choose them? Did he choose them? Did he put his hand on them? Did he call them? Did he appoint them? Did he anoint them? Then you got to respect that. Are you disrespecting God himself? Who chose? Uh, Luke 10 says this. Luke 10, 16. Jesus said this. He that hears you, hears me. He that despises you, despises me. Is that true? That he takes it like that? Yes. Delegation, divine delegation. He that despises me despises him that sent me. Now here is one of the saddest uh, judgments on humanity. Human beings have historically rejected God's choice. I mean over and over and over again have rejected God's choice. What about Jesus when he came? He came unto his own and what? I mean the scribes and the doctors of the law and the leaders of the synagogue that studied the scriptures their whole life. If you just have half an open mind about it, the prophecies are all there. They're being fulfilled in this man. It's there. They didn't like him. They didn't want him. They want somebody else. There's still a lot of people looking for somebody else. Well, see, that's exactly what happened here. They decided we don't want Moses. We don't want Aaron. We want somebody else. Well, see, 
to God. You know what God heard? We don't want you. We don't want the God who brought us out of the land of Egypt. They'd already tried to replace him with a couple of statues of calves. It would be humorous. But it's, it's sad. Now, is that, is that still going on in the world today? Rejection and replacement. We don't want that God. We don't want. The Bible said, you know, that uh, uh, Joseph's brothers, you know, they, they rejected him. And every deliverer that God has raised up, all the way going back, over and over, Moses is one of the prime examples, all the way up to Jesus. When God in his mercy and grace sent a savior, sent a deliverer, and what does his own people say? Uh-uh. We don't want him. We don't like him. No. Wound up killing him. Rejecting him. But God already knew. And he did it for us anyway. Because he knew that in spite of the rebellion and the darkness and the junk on this earth, there would be some. I said there would be some that would appreciate it. There would be some that would say, oh, thank God. Yes, I receive you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes, you are my only Savior, my Redeemer. Yes, I bow my knee to the Lordship and Headship. Of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. But is it a choice? Like we keep talking about. It's a choice. Uh, Delegation. Now these people. Are unhappy. (laughs) They. Should have already been. In the promised land. Go with me to Proverbs, if you would, Proverbs uh, 19. It gets old, going around in circles in the desert. It's burning hot in the daytime. Cold, freezing at night. Nothing good to eat, nothing, you know, nice like dessert. or, <laughs> or <laughs> it's Same thing every day. Of course, you should be thankful for that. You'd be dead if it wasn't for that. And, uh, they are, they're tired of this. They're fed up with it. And right now, last they heard, they're never getting out of here till they die. Whose fault is it? Come on, help me out. Whose fault? Is it Moses' fault? Hmm? No, it's not. But have they blamed him and Aaron? Every time something goes wrong. See, this is another outstanding characteristic of unbelief. It won't take responsibility for its own mistakes. It won't repent. And it blames others for its own failures and mistakes. In Proverbs 19, notice this. Proverbs 19.3, and I'm reading in the Amplified. Proverbs 19.3, Amplified says, The foolishness of man subverts his way 
ruins his affairs. Then his heart is resentful and frets against the Lord. Is that reasonable? No. Because who, who messed it up? They did. Their own foolishness. So then what? Get mad at God. Why? Just because I feel like it. Yeah, but what about you? Don't, don't be accusing me. See, a complete unwillingness to take responsibility. See, this, this is not innocent, is it? And this, we're still talking about the same ugly thing called unbelief. Blame others. And, and, and think about how unthankful it is to blame somebody that got you out of slavery. Something that your daddy and granddaddy and his daddy never experienced a free day in their life. And here you are, free, got money in your pocket, healed, supposed to be on the way to the promised land. Where you can have your own ranch, your own farm, your own house. Never have to be anybody's slave again. And who led you out of there? Who took his own life in his hands and went back into a country where he's a wanted man? Where they've been looking for him to take his head off? Waltzed right in there in the throne room and said, God says, let my people go. This is your friend. Is that right? This is somebody stood up for you like nobody's ever stood up for you. And even when God is upset with you. And it says, back up. <laughs> and God said, please. I mean, Moses said, please, please, God. Um, the Egyptians will think, you know, you couldn't get them in. And, and, and please, you told me that you're a God whose mercy endures. So please, let the mercy of our God be great and forgive your people. And God said, I have. I forgive them. Is this your friend? Somebody that will, when you're too dumb to repent. <laughs> and they're standing in the gap for you. And so what are you going to do to pay them back? Get a coup. Rise up to overthrow them. And, and publicly come out against them and say, who put you in charge? Who do you think you are? We're all holy. All of us know God. All of No, no, you don't. You don't know God at all. Or you wouldn't be doing this. Notice the, the Good News translation in that same verse says this. It says, some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. Is that true or not? Yes. Are there a lot of people mad at God? Huh? Quit going to church. Quit praying. Quit reading their Bible. And you'll find out that they're, they're usually really mad at some preacher. Mad at their former pastors. Or mad at some. Why? Because they can see them. But they're mad at God. And these people or this church, whatever, represents God. And so it's an outlet for their frustration. But there is blatant dishonesty in that individual. Why? Because God didn't mess your life up. 
Hmm. And the people that God, the leaders and the ministers that God gave you, they're not the ones that messed your life up. Look in the mirror and you'll find that culprit. That, that, that rascal <laughs> that you should be upset with. <laughs> Go to James, please. <laughs> James. James 1.22. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. What's the result if you don't do it? Deceiving your own selves. Now that's what the danger is. Is that you, if you know you messed up, but you won't take responsibility for it, and you ignore it, and you blame somebody else, you do that long enough, you'll start believing your own lies. you start really believing it's their fault. When there was a time, you knew it was your fault. Self-delusion. Self-deception. He said, uh, if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway or immediately forgets what he saw, what manner of man he was. So this not walking in the light is dangerous. Because if you're deceived, you're believing a lie as though it's true. You don't know you're deceived if you're deceived. And that's why he kept saying in Hebrews, don't harden your heart. Because that's what that leads to. Oh, friend, when you see you've messed up and you did it immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. Go to God. Acknowledge it. Confess it. Admit it. I messed myself up. I didn't listen. I didn't do what you told me to do. Because if you don't, if you go, well, I don't, you know, uh, other people, I don't know. You start making excuses. and all this. Next thing is blame shifting. Well, they didn't help me in. And they could have, and, and they didn't. And, and you keep doing that long enough, you will forget it was really you. You'll forget you're the one that messed yourself up. And you feel justified in your heart fretting against the Lord and against his people. Next thing you know, you think Moses and Aaron's your problem. We got to get rid of them. Get rid of them. Said out loud, Father God. I love the truth, and I will admit and acknowledge my own mistakes. Help me to see it and be clear on it. If I've ignored something, remind me again, please. I'm willing to repent. I'm willing to take responsibility for myself, not blame you, not blame other people. Thank you for enlightening me and the truth making me free. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Oh, friend, it's good to be free. It's good to free, be free and stay free and walk in the light and stay free. Well, our time's up again today. I sure enjoy being with you and I believe we're getting into a stronger and stronger and better place. 
We'll see you back here again soon in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 